Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. Good evening to you. It is a wonderful evening. I hope you guys are all having a wonderful day. Hopefully the wild weather that happened this weekend wasn't too... What's the word I'm looking for? Too terrible. <laughs> Overwhelming. That's the word we'll go with. And I feel, like, I feel like a broken record, but it was it was beautiful over on this part of the world. Well, you know, a lot of people go out west because of the really nice weather, and then they forget that in October their wild weather starts, if I remember correctly. I mean, I guess it depends what you call wild weather. I call it like high winds and stuff. Because, like, I think SoCal is mainly sunny and 80 degrees. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's just the teeter into fire season, which, you know, can be any time of year. Gotcha. Well, I'm just glad that, you know, everyone is safe out there during then, especially with all the rains. Hopefully nobody's got washed away with a flood. <clears throat> it just means more kindling later. Oh, my goodness. Well, alrighty. So, if you're new around here, we are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that specializes in the Silph Arena factions, It mostly focusing on the lower tiers of North America Open to North America Bronze. If you're not new around here, you know, this is just our normal tangents. But first, Jet, we have some breaking news. Oh? I want to give a special shout out to our very first patron, ZT Smith who found the podcast and absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you, ZT Smith, for being our very first patron. This is our shout out to you. And I hope we continue to give you, as well as everyone else in the community, some great content. Is this is this where our shout outs go? I haven't decided that far yet because I didn't think <laughs> we'd get this far. <laughs> in case it's we just bre- it's breaking news, so it goes in the news section. It is breaking news, absolutely. But, you know, and if we ever go back to making a part two, <laughs> we might put it there. We'll, de- we'll decide that at a later date. But in terms of real Niantic news, quote-unquote, they have announced the Reggie Drago Makeup Day, which is this Saturday, May 13th. I don't know about you, but I will not be going out because I already have a few of them. Uh, might do, like, a couple if I'm, if I'm out and I have freebies still. But we'll see. Gotcha. Did you raid any cleavors by chance? Yeah, I, I made sure to pick up a, a shiny just because I had I had a, a lucky friend that wanted to swap them. So. Aw, well that's always good. Yeah. I did absolutely one, and said, "Yep, I'm good." <clears throat> well, based on the stuff that is coming back around for this next event, like I, I don't blame anyone that just kind of took it easy because now we know. It'll it'll be back at some point. It's it's not it's not make or break. Right. I kind of saw it as just like a, a first jump. I kind of saw Cleaver as a dex filler, not really picking up a lot of quote unquote signature wins. So it was to me it was just a dex filler. I just needed one, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's worth it probably just to take advantage of the boosted shiny chance uh, rather than who knows what it'll be later. I don't know if you noticed from your one raid, but I found it interesting that despite being an evolved Pokemon, it only sometimes was giving XL candy. I didn't get a single XL candy, to be quite frank on that. 
I, I just I found it interesting. I think it was a classic Niantic move. Maybe they'll say, hey, we messed up again, so everybody gets a makeup day. But I'm not going to hold my breath on it. Yeah, who, who, who knows? The, <laughs> I, I am just eagerly awaiting any kind of update on the current state of the game because it's a little rough out there. Yep, from invisible bugs to switch clocks not... To switch clocks not being not counting down it's it's a wild one but you know if one th- if one thing that this weekend kind of showed it's that the self arena team was really on top of it and i hope that they didn't have too many disputes this past week in regards to that bug yeah they they do a great job i do also still need to go back and watch portland to see if it popped up there at all with a regional event I want to say they down, they did not update the phones, and so they were running the 0.167 update instead of the 0.1691 update. But I could be completely wrong. I also have to watch, go back and watch the Portland ones because I was sad that our teammate Zimmy didn't really show up on stream. Yeah, not not for lack of quality opponents though, and that's that's maybe more frustrating is. It was right there. Look, we all know that Zimmy is a celebrity at this point. He deserves <laughs> all the spotlights. You know, that battle with him and Emma Five Cents, that was grade A material. I don't care what the final score was. The fact that they were both on stream, I was like, oh, oh, we have a Queen B and and we have a Dean Air Don't Care player. Our, our teams fought each other once. That was kind of my fan, my fan, my fanboy moment. And the bird power mash. I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, you're right. I I definitely had to do the bird power matchup too. But I was more hyped about about faction our factions matchup, our faction teammates meeting again, quote unquote. But this time in real life. <laughs> well, alrighty then. So with that out of the way, it's time to jump into to NA Open tier and see what kind of craziness happened there. So, Jet, I think this is the first time we're covering this in on quote-unquote in podcast history that after about seven there was no more undefeated teams fearsome frostlass finally fell to roast lark bow 14 to 7 we also had team beginners winner trez and michigan pvp square up with team beginner winner taking a 14 to 7 victory zero to hero gaming beats wicked weavile's 12 to 9 weedle knievel unfortunately follows up their tie lap two weeks ago with a heartbreaking 10 to 11 loss against the Aztec League USA, and then Nerdy Birds was able to beat Sky Attack 12 to 9. Now it's truly anyone's tier. Yep, and the standings. Honestly, I love the chaos. I'm glad that we're not a part of it this time because a tie is really throwing a wrench into into everything. But we know it's kind of something that we all had looked at. Now it's just. I think it's three one-loss teams at the top, and then a tie taking that fourth guaranteed promotion spot. I feel for the Wheel Knievel team because they were looking really, really good, but that second loss is really going to hurt them. At least they've got the game win still. Like if if you're going to go down, the the ten to eleven is is probably the way to do it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Honestly, they have 89 wins overall, which coincidentally puts them at the third highest. Or one of not third highest because I see that Nerdy Birds and Just Top Left have night are in the nineties. 
and they have 89. So it puts them in like the top five of battles won. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into let's go ahead and dive into their their unfortunate defeat against the Aztec League. So I'm gonna ask <laughs> Juicy Chicken Yo, did you change your team? And the answer is a resounding no. They did not. I see I see a familiar triplet of shadows on that. <laughs> I think that the triplet shadow is the core of it. But if you're not if you didn't listen to last week's episode, Juicy Chicken Yo once again brings Chrysalia. Shadow Swampert, Shadow Alola Ninetales, Shadow Hitmonchan, Pidgeot, and Umbreon into Mary Jose Herrera. Mary Jose Herrera's Lantern, Toxicroak, Alolan Sandslash, Umbreon, Trophius, and Chrysalia. Juicy Chicken Yo was able to take a 2-1 victory. I th- definitely think that the Chrysalia had to have put in some work, as well as the Swampert, leaving the rest of the team to kind of handle the Tropius. Yeah, and Chris doesn't do too bad into it. Um, right, especially I think Chrysalia in this one, if they did Moonblast, if they had the Moonblast, what's the other one? Grass Knot combo. We're talking about Juicy Chicken's Chrysalia, right? Not uh, Mari? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, just because we were talking about Tropius, so. Okay, okay. So yeah, the Chrysalia hitting Moonblast, the only thing that holds Tropius back is the fact that Tropius does not have any hard hitting charge moves. And, like, the one fast move that Tropius really is able to use is Razor Leaf, which there's only one Pokemon that doesn't want to see a Razor Leaf. On the plus side, it does get Leaf Blade, so even if you are running Air Slash, you have pretty decent access to grass damage, unlike some of the other grass types, like in uh, Arcana and Catacomb, that have to go all the way to an Energy Ball or a Grass Knot. Yeah, I can see that working out. Especially, I don't know if Hitmonchan is able to beat Tropius if it's running Razor Leaf, but I know if it's running Air Slash, it does not want to see it. I think it gets Ice Punch. It does, but I, I doubt the one Ice Punch would be enough either way. So it's it would most often be a farm down, is my gut reaction to the, the Shadow Hitmonchan. Yeah, kind of see. Yep. If it ran Razor Leaf, one Ice Punch would not be enough. It would just fall short. But if it did run, if the Tropius ran Air Slash, actually, it's still really close. Comes down to a Leaf Blade. Who gets off the Leaf Blade to the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Who gets off Leaf Blade to Ice Punch first? It's a lot closer than I thought. Actually, I'm going to fact check myself again. The Shadow wins the Air, if it has Air Slash. And when it actually beats Tropius, just running straight Ice Punch. Mm, yeah, to, just, in the, just in the one shield, though. Yeah, today I learned. But I think... If I'm looking at this team, I would probably invest all my shields in that Toxicroke. Because counter, Mud Bomb, Mud Bomb, Sludge Bomb kind of looks looks like it was the play. I mean, aside from from hitting the you know, the Umbreon for super effective damage, and then you had to you kind of I think you resist you resist charm on the Alola Ninetales, don't you? Or do you take neutral? Ask your question again. So if the Alola Ninetales is running charm on Toxicroke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's neutral. It takes neutral damage, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. One day I'll learn how to... I'll learn that Pokemon Go is very different from main series games. Well, and just the fact that Charm does damage is, is already pretty different. But <laughs> It not only does damage, it does a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on the, the Pokemon that got brought, like I, I'd say this is about what I would expect the result to be, but... 
at this point, I am a little sad that more people aren't taking advantage of the fact that the the lineup is is pretty well set in stone. <laughs> you know, it's all part of the plan. Bout eight is when they're going to change the team. Watch. <laughs> yep, just just pull a fast one. But okay, so moving on into the Jessica slot. You know, now actually, now that I think about it, when it comes to looking at the team, I have to check to see if they swapped out any Pokemon. So RJ did swap out every single Pokemon except Como in this one. So RJ brings Kyrim, Galarian Slowking, Cobalion, Shadow Drapion, Shadow Charizard, and Como into Verkins, Charizard, Tentacruel, Scrafty, Luxray, Shadow Luxray, excuse me, Como-O, and Cobalion. I was about to say with such evenly matched teams, how was there a sweep on this part? Well, this is, this is still only RJ's second outing in the Ultra slot, so... I, I like the direction that their team build has gone. This this feels much more like a standard Justicar, and then also more of the standard build for Ultra League in general showing up on the roster now, adding like the Shadow Drapion and moving towards the Charizard. But I see. You think maybe that Shadow Luxray had some play? With... Oh yeah, it, it had play across the whole team almost. I think the one that would probably give it the most issue would be Drapion because it could out it could outpace that's what I'm looking for outpace the moves and be able to shrug off the psychic fangs for maybe one or it could probably shrug off one or two psychic fangs before it started getting into some major damage well if, if you look at it as a combo of, of like psychic fangs wild charge I would look at maybe Kyurem being a bigger issue uh, just because, like, at least on the Como matchup, the Psychic Fangs are doing super effective, but the Kyurem is, is also likely to debuff you a little, like, not quite as often as you can debuff with the Psychic Fangs, but those still aren't going to do as much damage, even though it's not, like, a super tanky mon for Ultra. I see. But yeah, in, in general, I, I would say that the Luxury definitely had play. Okay. Yeah, because I was looking at... I mean, when you say the Kyrim, I'm kind of looking at it like, well, there's a Charizard, there's a Scrafty, there's a Cobalion on the other side. Kyrim even want to come out to play? Because I think Charizard is able to outpace to a Dragon Claw before it's able to land a Glaciate. Yeah, but this, this is more specifically just because the Luxray has such a good look against the entire team. Oh, okay. and so it, it wouldn't necessarily be like a oh yeah Kyurem is my safe swap is it's more of a I need to line this up eventually so maybe maybe it's your lead maybe you're hoping they just put their strongest forward with the Shadow Luxray. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I kind of think that it was Cobalion Luxray and Scrafty on Virgin side that was able to kind of take the sweep over it. But I know that the supporting cast of Charizard, Tentacruel, and Como definitely had a lot of play. Well done. But yeah, I would I would put this one up familiarity still. Like I, I like the way the, the direction that the team is going and, and I agree that just based on the teams, you know, probably worth a win at least. But we'll we'll see we'll see what happens if they stay in the slot. Okay. Alright. So best of luck next week, RJ. We'll be pulling for you. In the open master league slot, we had Days and Confused going up against Pepe eleven oh six. Days and Confused br- brought Mega Slowbro, Zacian, Gyarados, Excadrill, Garatina Origin Form, and Hydreigon into Pepe's Primarina, Mega Blaziken, 
Metagross, Excadrill, Kyogre, and Dialga. So the similarities begin and end with Excadrill. <laughs> Just like in terms of mirror Pokemon. But <clears throat> I, I like the Mega Slowbro Bree. Very bulky. It can handle Mega Blaze again. This is a repeat team on Pepe's side as well. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hadn't even thought of that. I like the play for, you know, Dazed bringing in Hydreigon. Kind of a staple of her team. And, you know, being able to just fire off those Brutal Swings into the Metagross can definitely add up. As well as Dragon Breath to Chunk, Dialga, and Mega Blaziken. But th- those counters are definitely going to be hurting. And it just gets hard-walled by Primarina, though. Well, and I, I put Hydreigon firmly in the anti-Gengar camp as far as like why it makes it onto a balanced Master League team in the first place. Okay. Especially especially since there is no normal type to be found. Like that's that's kind of been the other answer. There isn't. However, Days did bring one, two, three, four looks like four Gengar counters. Just saying, you know, if you bring Gengar, I'm gonna punish you and I'm gonna make sure you don't bring it. And I'm honestly surprised that a like when it came to team building, you team you team build for Gengar specifically, and yet your team is still flexible enough to be able to kind of pivot out of unfavorable matchups to kind of give your kind of give you the the sweep in the other direction. Well, and even as prepared as Dazed was, I feel there are still some of these Master League matchups that are polarizing enough that even just if you get into a bad rotation, like you can kind of get RPS out of a point, so... Gotcha. Still still a quality 3-0 in my mind. I don't like to discount 3-0s. I will be the first one to say a sweep is a sweep. That's good. Also, it is very fun to, like, theorycraft how they were able to take the, the victory. So, with that being said... <laughs> got, got one more sweep the other way now. Yep. Man, I can kind of I can kind of see that, the, that it was just, like, one sweep, another sweep, and then we go back to another sweep. This is a high-flying matchup, probably to the bitter end. Well, based on the score, no duh. So we had flat in the first Arcana slot. We had Flywalker go up against Aztexan. Flywalker brings Runarigus, Superior, Pelipper, Tyrant, Defense Form, Deoxys, and Jump Pluff into Jump Pluff, Shiftry, Pelipper, Kofagrigus, Superior, and Tyrant. So both bring Pelipper, both bring Tyrant, both bring Superior, both bring Jump Pluff. So it was a Shiftry, Defense Deoxys, into the Kofagrigus forms on the other side so how are they able to sweep with mirror teams i mean arcana is one of those that you can pretty well count on seeing a bunch of similar pokemon and this is this is one of those where i think the the pokemon that were not the same were were significant right like the dd can beat the shiftry but the shiftry can also do work into you know the entire team if you let it so it's okay. it's not the it's not the pressure like the shadow brings where it's swingable even as just like a razor leafer but rune kind of needs to land baits to function yeah i've learned that <laughs> i learned that the hard way so it can, can look a little better on your on your team builder screen than perhaps you will actually experience in practice yeah because Looking at it the way you kind of put it, Runarigus loses to the Jump Pluff, the Pelipper, Shiftry, Kofagrigus, Superior. It can, I think, it can beat Tyrant, like just based well, on type matchups. And I mean, just in theory, you know, it can beat the Pelipper if the Pelipper 
plays it how the the Runerigus wants it to, right? Like, the, right. <laughs> but yeah, about about the time you're in that matchup, like you're you're also free to you know throw a weather ball and, and get out of there. It, it doesn't it doesn't have to go all according to plan for the rune. Gotcha. <laughs> well, okay. Jeez, but yeah, yeah, I think I think the the big players here were the flyers, like especially with that shiftry looking strong and then we also know that Tyrant is usually good for essentially a whole Pokemon's worth of chip. True. Yeah, I can I can see that. Well alrighty. So that is the final sweep. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler not spoiler if you're following along. Right. So now going back down into the second catacomb slot, we had Dubzilla going up against Alexis twenty four seventeen. Dubzilla brought Pelipper, Superior, Tyrant, Runerigus, Jumpluff, and Mew into Dusclops, Cradley, Shiftry, Meganium, Agron, and Haunter. So let's see. This is a repeat team for Dubzilla. And a brand new team for Alexis. Yep. Yeah. And only yeah, only their second time playing Arcana as well. Well, they have a 500 record over the past two weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, literally three of three. <laughs> <laughs> so in this case, I like I like Alexis trying out new mods. That is the one thing I will happily say. And that's probably the, the first and last nice thing I'll say about it. Oh, but man. Taco's going hard today. Taco woke up and chose violence. No, but in, in all seriousness, I like the Dusclops, the Hex Dusclops, especially into Runerigus and Mew, because if you use Ice Punch and Shadow Punch, you neutral, you can very much hurt the Tyrant, hurt the Runerigus, hurt the Jump Pluff, hurt the Superior, and hurt the Mew. The only thing you really give up is Poltergeist, which, you know, let's kind of be frank here. Your team already looks spammy because you have Haunter on your team, you have Shiftry, and you have already nuke machines like Cradley, Agron. Would you put Meganium as a nuke? I would, because Frenzy Meganium's Plant... only got nukes. Frenzy Plant, go burr. Like, obviously it's it's not in a great position against Superior and Jumpluff, but it's still still a Frenzy Plant Pokemon, and those, those, those sting a little. A little? I think they sting a lot. <laughs> so I think in this case... Having three nuke mons and three spammy mons, I like I like the team I like the team play. Now in Dubzilla's case, Pelipper, you know, wing attack, go burr against Shiftry and Meganium, you all you have to do is just wing attack down essentially. And you can shield and farm down if you really wanted to. It's it's actually kinda of crazy to me that Dubzilla walked away with this one considering they have no ghost resist because they're not running a dark type in this bout uh, like to me haunter should have just run away with this thing i agree to that however maybe and just maybe dubzilla was able to pivot his team around the haunter because he zeroed in and said oh i see a haunter there my team looks really weak to it so maybe he had the strategy of sacrificing one of his mons to put be in a better scenario or I could just be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. The, so the the thing Haunter struggles with is its frailness, obviously. So it's it's not in a position to throw very many charge moves unless it's like a perfect farm down against something like a like the last bit of a jump bluff or whatever. But even then, it really 
needs shields and needs the opponents not to have them. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of you kind of need to as a haunter player play around your own haunter like you need to do some serious legwork to set it up but yeah I mean, I'm still I'm still thinking just because you have so many nukes in the bank with this team that you should be able to enable a haunter like a dusclops with poltergeist especially like there there's there's no reason not to not to throw that knowing that it can clear the way for your haunter or do a nice chunk of damage every time yep i can honestly follow you with that haunter is so haunter it takes such galaxy brain plays that it must be played played around by by its own trainer but yeah i I would i would say that dubzilla probably just relied on their bulkier picks here to outlast gotcha gotcha (laughs) someone's at the door (laughs) (laughs) they've been announced well, alrighty then. So now let's go into the catacomb slot. We had Dark Answer going up against. I, I that's gonna be a hard one. Zeta. I mean, you you've been you've been just rolling with all the Spanish names. I thought you were in, in the zone today. I was really work going on, and I go ah okay. Uh, Zeta Ray. Yeah, I'm going with that one. You know, as a as a Spanish speaker, my Spanish is not the greatest sometimes. It's like slightly Italian. The, the good thing, or the first rule I learned about when I was in Spanish class was it's not like English. Every single letter gets pronounced in Spanish. And that has really helped me. And, you know, sorry, or no, not sorry that we're getting sidetracked on it. I just think it's really cool that I want to give a special shout out to the Aztec League. All of their players are from Mexico, and I think that's super awesome. Well, I'm saying that because they all have the Mexico, Mexico flag, which I think is really cool banding together with their countrymen yeah slash women <laughs> anyway off to the back on topic dark answer bring in the first catacomb slot brought galvantula beedrill sableye umbreon chestnut and frostlast into zetare's hey i said it right chestnut barbarical umbreon mandibuzz alolan muck and frostlast so we have a triple dark into a double dark team double dark double buck excuse me and this is yeah, this is the second week for this team out of Dark Answer as well. Gotcha. I really like the I really like the Sableye and Umbreon. Just like looking at it, that core is super bulky. Well, and in general, I know I've I've said this almost every week, but I, I just I just appreciate the flexibility of Sableye. It's it's a little tougher here, obviously, when you're playing into triple dark, but yeah, but you can just hit it with return, or you know that ever-present return damage is super scary. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, it is. Like you, you're still going to chip whatever comes in. It's it's not as end of the world as it can feel, but yeah, especially with Galvantula and Beedrill, you know both of them have their their pros and their cons with. You know, take handling Chestnut and Barbarical. Galvantula can really hold its own against Umbreon and Mandibuzz, whereas Beedrill, if you land one run, drill run, you can flip that Alolan Muck matchup. And, of course, Frostlast, well, you've got the two Dark types. And your own Frostlast to kind of do its thing. Yeah, and obviously it matters which fast move or, like, which version of Muck they're running as well. If they were sticking with 
poison jab version that that obviously does worse into this particular setup yeah poison jab really only helps with the chestnut matchup specifically i think snarl was probably the play to do like it, it might help a little bit with umbreon also but it's it's not like you're hurting for umbreon answers and maybe that's kind of the trickier thing is there are some swaps here that can just get a little like oh i win this in in my head right like the <laughs> the the like umbreon in the mandibuzz even like is is one of those it's kind of a toss-up but i think i would like to have seen something like um double fighter show up for zaytare like i i think of barbarical in in the fighter category i forget that it isn't a fighter sometimes but it does have access to crop it's not even a bug it's a water rock type yeah it's it's omastar with legs <laughs> yeah you're honestly not wrong about that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as as soon as you can just check if they're even running the beedrill like uh, that's to me kind of a big win con on Zetere's side. Alright. I think that was probably... Uh, we can go ahead and go and say it as our headcanon that they, they took the point off because of that. Like that one specific matchup. It's at least worth a shot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, as as anyone that plays Catacomb knows, like there, there's also just plenty of Pokemon on these teams that can run away with the game under the right circumstances, so... Yeah, that's true. That is 100% true. Well, alrighty. So and then in the last catacomb slot, we had Hasink versus. Dang it! <laughs> I know it's Evelyn, but the Pokemon. I guess Evelyn. Evelyn. Evelyn fought. <laughs> Hasink brought Alolan Muck, Chestnut, Beedrill, Frostlass, Sableye, and Barbarical into Umbreon, Frostlass, Midnight Form, Lycanroc, Milotic, Coolfish, and Whimsicott. I see, it looks like your Whimsicott strats catching up with a lot of people. Whimsicott is, is just floating around as, as one of those Pokemon that has new flexibility since they added Fairy Wind. And it's it's got a good look into a portion of the meta. It's like, obviously, it's it's still not going to do great into something like a Frostless or a Beedrill, where it's just there are super hard counters to it. But if you're not up against one of those, chances are that you have a decent win percent. Right. And it can even do really well when it runs Razor Leaf, as we saw with when you were running it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and and that's that's what I mean with flexibility is like the default that I think most people expect is the Fairy Wind. So whether then you go with that or fast move pressure from Razor Leaf or Charm, like very different modes available. Yeah, that's true. Although, kind of, you know, diving into this one, even though, you know, you said the Beedrill and Frostlass hardwall Whimsicott, Evelyn was able to take a 2-1 victory despite that fact, which I thought was pretty neat. And we know the Lycanroc Midnight, the Midnight Form Lycanroc with access to counter and Saga Fangs had to be a part of that winning team. Yeah, it's it's got a pretty good look. The Quillfish doesn't seem like it had a whole lot to do. Like, um... It's okay as as a water gunner, because then at least you're not relying on poison damage into a 
poison slash ghost team for the most part. Uh, you, you give up your ability to check chestnut as well, but at least you're chipping everything else better with it. But in in that role, I think my logic is just better anyway. Just the, the dragon tail is, is already unresisted across the entire team. I like your Lycanroc call as well. Like that's that's always kind of tricky if they're actually building up to the stone edge off of the counters. And I, I guess it's it's also worth noting that across all four of the catacombs teams, there's there's no pseudo Udo anywhere. I think we're finally seeing the meta evolve to where Sudowoodo is not the premier rock type to use. Yeah, it is interesting that Barbarical is is kind of coming up in the world after, you know, it's it started out at the top of PB Poke rankings for Catacomb, but I feel like it was kind of slow to be adopted in general. Like obviously there were some people who used it right out the gate, but it seems like it's it's picking up a little bit of steam. Yeah, I can see that happening too. Well, alrighty then. So, with that being said, that was the first wrap-up of NA Open. In bout eight, we've got number one seed, I'm going to call it at least number one seed now, Roslark Bow going up against Michigan PvP. Fearsome Frostlass gets to fight just top left. Zero to Hero Gaming takes on Team Beginner's Winner Trez. Nerdy Birds PvP and Weedle Knievel gets to square off. That's going to be a fun match to watch that I will totally have a very unbiased opinion on as to who I think the winner will be. And then, last but not least, Rowdy Rallets will take on Wicked Weaviles. And at this point, it's anybody's game. Yeah, if if, Rokes, if Roselark Bow, though, takes a win this week, I mean, they're just they're so far ahead in games. Like, even, even if Frostlass and obviously Zero... To hero since they're all at six wins pop like they can they can still keep pace with each other with their overall score but but game score there's there's a, a decent gap between each of them at this point oh 100 and it's, it's a little unfortunate but sometimes that's just the way that it shapes up ropes like bow has just had more like it like you said more wins put up and fearsome frost ass though they were winning they weren't really winning by a lot, so kind it's of. It's also worth worth mentioning that SoCal Swab Blue Coastal is is now back up in the sixth pair. Ooh, they they might get a a promotion spot, but you know Michigan PVP is also right there with them, just three points behind, nipping at their heels. But with that being said, let's go ahead and move on into Iron. All right, so in. Last last bout, <laughs> duh. We had Grievard Underdogs take it, took a fifteen to six victory over Dojo Comrades. Gumi University loses to the Queen Bees eight to thirteen, but because of their tie, they are still in the they are still in the third place position. Just one win above everyone else. The fourth place? Did I say third or fourth? No, Gumi no, University is in third. And then Inglorious Bastidons and the Queen Bees are in 4th and 5th, respectively. Uh, where was it? Oh, yes. Testudo Skills unfortunately loses to the Sub-Zero Revenge Tour, 17-14. to NM PvP loses a 17, 7-13. 7-14. <laughs> I was going to say 7-14, but we had staff corrections. Based Looks like based on improper communication, because both teams set a lineup, so bummer 
And then finally, Swell Sprouts beats the Island Guardians 12. Sorry, Swell Sprouts loses to the Island Guardians 12 to 9. So, real quick, I want to just get the staff corrections out of the way, which was between DJ Seal and Mama Climbs on the Queen Bees. Maybe there was emergency sub use. I don't know. But a, a 0 to 3 is a very. It's not a very fun. That's what I'm looking for. Not a very fun thing to do, especially with having staff corrections. So, I wonder what exactly happened i mean that can be for anything though so it could also just be that there was a dispute on one of the games okay that makes sense too moving on (laughs) starting in the open gears open tier (laughs) the open slot (laughs) i was gonna say open gear Uh, slot well because yeah because you saw the name of the player yep we had (laughs) we had thine gear thief going up against hurricane cat Thangir brought a Lantern, Defense Form Deoxys, Shadow Lola Ninetales, Shadow Gliscor, Guzzlord, and Ferrothorn into Hurricane Kaz, Venusaur, Pelipper, Kofogrigus, Scrafty, Alola Ninetales, and Galarian Stunfisk. That Ferrothorn had to be running Mirror Shot. I'm just throwing that out there. That's the, that's the only way you beat a Venusaur is with Mirror Shot, which I think is pretty neat or weird in my opinion. Do you, do you not beat a Venusaur if you run, like, Flash Cannon? Flash kind of takes so long to charge up, though. And now I don't know, so I'm going to double-check that. <laughs> I don't know if you win with Flash Cannon, so... It's like, well, I mean, I guess the point is you need to not run Thunder. Yeah, and Thunder looks really, really good. I mean, it looks it looks okay. Like, Power Whip does the job for most of this team. All right, so remember this number, 596. It, it wins more with Mirror Shot because it's at 616, according to the Sims and the windshield. I don't know. I, I feel like Mirror Shot is, is uh, unreliable at best. Look, it won me the battle, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my, my resounding thumbs up to Mirror Shot. <laughs> this is how my brain works on a 24-hour basis. <laughs> <laughs> well, something... I mean, obviously if something good happened, it's just why, yeah, why not, why not remember it, but <laughs> the, the move is just not great. Okay. But also, I'm kind of looking at the rest of the team. Okay. Scrafty into Guzzlord. Scrafty is able to beat the Guzzlord and the Ferrothorn. It does not want to be around that Alola Ninetales. I don't... And, or Shadow Gliscor. I think the Defense Form Deoxys and Scrafty matchup goes either way. Because Defense Form Deoxys is hitting with super effective counter damage as a fast move, but Scrafty has to get off foul plays in order to hurt it better. That's going to be my up-in-the-air matchup, because I don't know, to be quite honest. Kofor Grigas... I, I like the I like that it can go either way summation. <laughs> Kofor Grigas really has one one major victory in def- against Defense Form Deoxys. Pelipper runs away whenever it sees, you know, Lantern on the other side, and then Venusaur can beat Lantern and the Alola Ninetales pretty handily. Assuming the Shadow Alola Ninetales is running Charm. And honestly, why wouldn't you? Because Powder Snow only hits regular, only hits Venus over super effective, whereas Charm hits everything for neutral or better besides Venus or Galarian Stunfisk. Yeah, I think I think if you're Hurricane Kaz, you're looking at your own Alola Ninetales as something you pretty much have to bring. <laughs> Uh, 
Just because the, the Shadow Gliscor is kind of a problem for your team. Yep, Night Flash and Wing Attack will definitely do a lot of damage. But at that point, you pretty much have to run Powder Snow, unless Pelipper is able to, you know, just straight Weather Ball the... What's the word I'm looking for? Straight Weather Ball the Shadow Gliscor. And with Lantern on the other team, like, I just, I like the construction of these teams. Like, the, the obvious answers have obvious checks, and... You get to you get to do the the 4D chess with the, with this one. The the Kofagrigus on Hurricane Kaz's side also seems like decently safe as far as obviously there there isn't any one thing that is is gonna be the hero here, so you might as well bring your tankiest option. Yeah, I can see that. It's like yeah, you, you take the Night slashes on the chin, and potentially the Guzzlord can kind of be a wall, but can also use that to your advantage. Like if if you need to get a little bit of extra energy, like on the Scrafty, like we were talking about with needing to throw foul plays into the DD. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, my my bet is this was just a, a fun match. Like this, I, I like these. I like the team setups here. That's fair. Okay, so let's see here. Now, ah, computer, work with me. Alrighty, so moving on into the Justicar matchup, we had Hanchihiro? Hanchihiro. <laughs> Hanchihiro versus Shadow. So Hanchihiro brings Charizard, Overquill, Cobalion, Galarian Slowking, Escavalier, and Ampharos into Shadow's Galarian Slowking, Crustle, Charizard, Walrin, Drapion, and como this is a repeat team off of Shadow In. Okay. Not that weird in Justicar, but well, pretty decent. Pretty decent change up on Hanji Hero's side. Right. Well, on Justicar's side, you do have, you know, you have Charizard give your choice of regular or Shadow, and then you have a Dark type that you can use, and then you know, like either a Poison type or a Water type which is usually taken up by Tentacruel. But I'm, I'm really glad there's a lot of flexibility, and the only Pokemon that is really used a lot in Justicar that I kind of keep seeing week in and week out is Galarian Slowking after its community day, Charizard, and como Everything else is kind of subbed in and subbed out week to week. I really like the Escavalier here, though. It was a really it's good like- play. Obvious, obviously, it's it's got issues with Charizard, and then you can only do charge move damage to the Galarian Slowking, but but that counter at least, damage. Off, at least off a counter, it's it gets there decently fast. And especially you know with the counter, it's got positive matchups into Crustle, into Walrein, and into Drapion. Which, if I'm Shadow, I'm looking at that S Cab like I need to make sure that that S Cab is paired is lined up and blocked against Charizard or Como. I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that the Como matchup was super good either. Like I, I would assume that that's probably leaning towards the Escav. Well I'm kind of looking at that mainly because well for lack of a better way to put it, I'm thinking that with not Como. Oh yeah, with between Como and Escav, Escav has to land the it's not Escav, excuse me. Como has to land the close combat. Whereas S-Cav can just, you know, do S-Cav things. 
Yeah, you don't you don't have to you don't have to think so hard about the matchup. It's like so yeah. At least in the even scenarios, the Como comes up winning, but that's that's assuming that it lands the close combat. Yeah. So yeah, I think of the well, and even when it does, like it's it's still not winning by a lot, right? It's it's almost out of the gas, <laughs> even just to pull that off. But yeah. yeah, so the the coverage though for the the SCAV, if if you're really just looking at Charizard, Galarian, Slowking, like Ampharos answers both of those. So I, I think you start to see, like maybe this was was even like sweet potential on haunchy heroes side so I, I like i i think there's there's credit for the one win on shadow inside here all right well yeah i like that one so good on haunchy hero for recognizing that they had a very good bond in bringing scav and shadow great job in taking a game off on what looks to be a very difficult the very difficult matchup all right so in the open master league slot we had chronos going up against emma five cents Kronos brings Zacian, Reshiram, Mega Slowbro, Excadrill, Yveltal, and Virizion into Emma 5 Cent's Mega Gengar, the first one we've seen in quite a while. Gyarados, Swampert, Zekrom, Florges, and Ursaluna. Where to begin? Oh, wait. Swampert. It, I mean, it's it's interesting that Virizion has been the Master League edition this season, or this cycle. Well, you know, with the rise of Mega Gengar, a lot of teams are going to use more and more ground types. And what's a good ground type counter? Well, I agree, but I would also add normal, right? Like, And, and it's an answer to both of those. So yeah, I, I, I like oh, it yeah. as a check to any of the new or... Staples? Yeah, staple supporting cast. Yeah, because that Verizion looks, you know, just Leaf Blade and Sacred Sword looks really good into Swampert and Ursaluna. But because it's part fighting, Florges is gonna say, mm, you you're a fighting type. Taste my fairy wind. Let me throw the moon at you, you know? Yeah, the whole moon. <laughs> but in this case, I really like I'm gonna kinda take take away the attention of Verizon for a second and highlight the Swampert. Because Swampert can do a massive damage to Reshiram and Excadrill. And then if you pair that with Zekrom. You do massive damage to Yveltal and Mega Slowbro. And of course, you know, Mega Gengar just has to come in at that point to to wrap up, you know, Zacian and Verizion. So, like, those three mons cover at least two Pokemon, but they don't overlap, which is the scary part. But then here's where Florges comes in and covers Yveltal and Verizion. And Ursaluna covers Excadrill and Reshiram. So... I don't know if Gyarados really had a lot of play in this in this matchup, so I'm gonna kind of leave it out. But I think Swampert and Zekrom had to have been like the main reason why they were able to win. Team build wise, Kronos also only did one swap. They swapped Dragonite out for Eveltal. So in the grand scheme of things, I think that may have also helped Emma's side, just because. I want I want to say that a lot of those matchups have overlap just because like they're they're obviously both checked by fairies they're both weak to rock still um Veltel is is stronger into mega gengar but I don't I don't know that they were especially weak to it um 
That's fair. This this might this might have even been a scenario where you you bench Mega Gengar in favor of Flower Power. <laughs> yeah, li- literally this time the, the flower the flower might have been the king of this one. Well, maybe building off of what you said about leaving Mega Gengar on the bench, Kronos is like looking. Oh, there's Mega Gengar. It's gonna come because all my opponents have brought it. So you build your team around that, and then Emma uses reverse psychology and like brings a team like just their own team leaves Mega Gengar on the bench and then is able to win that way I was about to go into a reverse 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 psychology loop <laughs> I had to stop myself if that's if that's your way of saying like don't bring it for the first two games and then bring it the third like that's that's also a legitimate strategy and my closing thought for this matchup is just that it's it's always fun lore wise to see certain Pokemon fighting against each other and see Reshiram and Zekrom squaring off is, is always just like a, a treat for that reason. Well, alrighty then. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on into the Arcana slot. And Holy Mother of Spice, Batman. We had Deer Mountaineer going up against Zeme 14. Deer Mountaineer brings Tyrant, Runarigus, Superior, Pelipper, Shadow Agron, and Jumpluff. That seems pretty normal, right? And then we see Zaymay's team. Zaymay brings in Arcana, Tyrant, Carnivine, Lorantis, Kofagrigus, Pelipper, and Relicant. Now I need to refresh what this thing even can Car- do. Carnivine or Relicant? <laughs> Carnivine. Re- okay. Relicant is, is pretty cookie cutter. Like, it, it doesn't have a lot of variance to it. Okay, because I was going to say, like, Relicant just uses Water Gun because it, the other move is just trash. Yeah, Carnivine is. Vine Whip, Crunch, Power Whip, so I, I get it. You know, obviously Shiftry is good in this meta for this similar reason, but now you've got a Pokemon with a little bit different stat distribution. Like, it's still not tanky. Like, it's definitely onto the attack weight side of things, but it's also not carrying those dark weaknesses. Yeah, but can we just take a second to realize, just shout out this Carnivine. Last week, or not, excuse me, not last week, Zaymate, out of all the grass types that she could have chose, Carnivine over Superior, over Venusaur, over Jumpluff, I love the gutsy call on it. And I'm willing to bet that Deer Mountaineer did not know Carnivine counts and was able to use that to their advantage. Excuse me, Zaymate was able to use that to their advantage. Well, yeah, and just like running a team that's got double regionals on it, you can maybe get away with a, a teammate not being able to help them practice. But is Relicant really a regional after we just had an event for it? Yeah, because it was couldn't control for it at all. Like you, you had to hatch 10Ks, and there was no hatch bonus, so it was it was kind of iffy there. Okay, I can I can see that. And, and even then, like, if you're just using one straight out of an egg, like, obviously not ideal IVs either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, okay. So in the next Arcana slot, we had a less spicy team, but still pretty good. We had Jace Snow for Prez going up against Solaria. Jace Snow brings Pelipper, Shadow Shiftry, Kofagrigus, Crustle, Jumpluff, Defense Form Deoxys, into Dusclops, Metacham, Ferrothorn, Shiftry, Haunter, and Pelipper. So where do we begin? 
I'm a little surprised to see Medicham show up. Like it's it's really become uh, if if you're going to run a counter user, it's 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 been Defense Deoxys. Fair. But I mean, in this case, you do at least get the advantage of a much better Crustle matchup from the Medicham. But that's that's kind of it. <laughs> but you also get stab from counter. Yeah, but I mean, it's not helping you a whole lot. Like the the one thing that's weak to it is you know flanked by three things that resist. So it's it's really not the counter that's, <laughs> that's the big deal. Look, I'm trying to I'm trying to find reasons to justify that. <laughs> yeah, because you know I I don't like Medicham. I, I don't like it. I don't respect it. It's just man, I don't quite hate it as much as Bastidon, but. When I see Medicham show up on the other side, I just roll my eyes a little bit and go, "All right, we're in for a treat." Anyway, I was I was just picking on it because it seems like DD has proven itself in, in general to be the the preferred counter user, but was was part of the winning squad this time. So, well, alrighty then. That's fair. I also do like the the double ghost. We haven't really seen a Dusclops and a Haunter in quite some time. You mean apart from the team we talked about earlier? You know what I mean. Everyone decides <laughs> to run Dustflops and Haunter one mm. week, and then they'll just not use it for the next three, four weeks. Yeah, the the Haunter Haunter love has been good today. In two separate tiers, my goodness. Well, okay. The Shadow Shiftry, you know, gives me PTSD because you have to account for it because it can really destroy two almost three Pokemon on Solaria's team, because Leaf Blade hurts Pelipper for a lot. But that is beside besides the case. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still a winning matchup for Pelipper. It's it's not super comfortable, but you, you do at least wind up okay. The, the issue becomes they come in and smack down you for, you know, the rest of your health with a, with a Crustle, like... You do at least have decent answers to the Crustle after that, but if you needed Pelipper again for anything else, like you're kind of, kind of stuck. Right. Also, Boo. The only Carnivine I have is Lucky. <laughs> that might also be true for me. Oh no, I did, I did keep one when we flew into Miami, because you know they spawn in the airport, which is cool. Oh, I'm jealous. But okay, well, I'll, I'll stop looking at other Pokemon that I want to get <laughs> to possibly build. This is why I'm always dust poor trainers. <laughs> Alrighty, so do we even go into the DJ Seal and Mama Clans matchup for Catacomb? Why not? Oh wait, we already talked about the Sackers. We're doing it. <laughs> okay, so in the Catacomb slot, we had DJ Seal going up against Mama Clans. DJ brings Barbarical, Milotic, Frostlass, Beedrill, Lorantis, and Jumpluff into Mama Climbs, Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Samurai, Frostlass, Beedrill, and Lorantis. There's more Lorantis love out here. I don't know how to feel about it yet. Also, yay, I do have a Lorantis. How much does it cost to power it up? Too much. So it shouldn't be that bad for a Great League. Like, it's a, it's a pretty attack-weighted Pokemon. Look, I have 17,000 Stardust before I drop under the threshold that I want to be, so I'm going to say I have only 17,000 Stardust. It costs 33,000 Stardust. Dare dare I ask what your threshold is? Yes, it is an even number of 100,000. So like 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. This is how I hoard Stardust. Mm. Also, I forget that like with Ladybug, 
quick side note, Ladybug, you need like a perfect to get it to close to 1500. And I have like a 0, 15, 14. And like this would be beautiful. <laughs> Do a little cup, bloody bar, let in. <laughs> Pretty much. It would cost me 100,000 Stardust to power it up. I'm not doing that. But anyway, back to the matchup at hand. In this instance, I like. Well, here's the return of Sudowoodo from Mama Climbs after we were just talking about it not really showing up a lot. I like the Sudowoodo into the Barbarical matchup. Sudowoodo does do well into Beedrill. You know, just going straight Rock Slide and shielding the... What's the word? Drill Run. Oh, and Sudowoodo does really well into Frostlass too. Just going straight Rock Slide. I don't really know about the Samurott Lorantis matchup because both of them would use Fury Cutter, but Samurott's Fury Cutter would be, more su would be super effective. And Lorantis would just be... What's the word? Neutral? Until it got to Leaf Blade? Yeah, but it outpaces to the Leaf Blades. Okay. Because that's cheaper than Hydro's. But Mama Climbs is Frostlass. Also, into Beedrill, Lorantis, and Jump Pluff looks really, really good. Yeah, and like, even... It's it's still not, like, losing quickly to the Barbarical or anything, right? Like, the move that you need to hit is the Stone Edge, and do obviously doesn't care about Fury Cutter and... And cross chop, little, little cross chop off of a not fighting type, also not a problem. Yeah, Frostlash is gonna go. <laughs> My turn. Yeah, so so I'm I'm looking at this as a you you combo up Frostlash with Umbreon to soak some damage like like always, and then you've got good options behind that duo on Mama Climb's side. Unless you use like the Sudowoodo Umbreon Frostlash core that we do see a lot of in Catacomb. Yeah, I mean it's it's classic. It's 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 there for a reason. Yeah, you can't beat a classic. But actually, no. Finally, we'll move into the last matchup, into the <laughs> in the catacomb. We had Milky Milk Mil Tank. Yeah. Okay. Into going up against Defy Two Hundred and Fifty. So Mil Tank brings Sudabudo, Umbreon, Drapion, Frostlass, Samurott, and Galvantula. Into Sudowoodo, Jumpluff, Umbreon, Quillfish, Frostlass, and Galvantula as well. This is uh, Miltank's very first Catacomb match. And they were able to take a 2-1 victory, which is awesome. So that Galvantula into Quillfish, Jumpluff, and Umbreon looking really, really good. And then, let me see. What I want to say is that Miltank brought at least two checks for Defy's team, and I'm not seeing a clear like winner on Defy's side. Uh, I mean, Defy just has has nice soak though between Jumpluff and Umbreon because you're you're still threatening decent damage and you can tank anything that's not the Frostlass Avalanche. That's fair. Yeah, because I I really like that Drapion call. I wonder if it had like. Crunch and Sledge Bomb, or Crunch and Aqua Tail, like for Sudowoodo in, in this case. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna leave at. Miltank's team was a little bit more flexible than DeFi's team. Yeah, Qu I, Quillfish is just is tough to use this round. I think like the dedicated Sudowoodo answer, like I, I don't think is as useful when it's that squishy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the other kind of coverage Pokemon like I'm looking at something like a Drapion especially I feel like 
you're gonna get more mileage out of more often. Like the Coalfish Aqua Tails can still do damage into your Frostlass or what have you, but even yeah, even just into the heads up, like I wanna see how this does. That's fair. Yeah, the the Coalfish can win if it's got Sludge Wave to throw, but I don't know, I feel like more often does Ice Beam work. I don't think Ice Beam would really work in this scenario unless you're trying to hit Galvantula. Yeah, it's it's just tough when you're looking at a Samurott also and when you're staring at the horn of a Samurott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, as as far as like the spammy waters go, I feel like Samurott is just the way. Yeah, there there really isn't a a good substitute than Samurott. But already then. So, with that out of the way, we now have covered our dive into the iron tier for the penultimate bout we have grievard underdogs going up against gumi university testudo skills will be fighting against dojo comrades nmpvp draws the queen bees swall sprouts draws sub-zero and island guardians draw inglorious bastodons so there are some promotions that are definitely up in the air right now Grievard underdogs still nipping at the heels of Sub-Zero, which means Sub-Zero has to win out to secure that double promotion into bronze. Gumi University has to win this week, because if they don't win, they could be jumped by Bastodons and the Queen Bees. And NMP... Wait, NMPVP is fighting... Yeah, the Queen Bees. The winner... They'll be jumped by the winner of the Queen Bees and NMPVP, which will have keep have them be safe from relegation for now but anything can happen and that's all i really got for iron <laughs> so we have ready to move on to our our home tier for the time being yeah catch up on what went down this week i was i was pretty distracted with travel and such it's all right you had you had stuff to do and that's okay i'll i'll happily fill you in yeah so in I about mean... But either way, Santa Barbara was great. I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were traveling like to Vancouver in my head. But even though you told me where you were going, but in my head, it just never registered. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't done Vancouver yet. Uh, when we go to Canada, we go out to the Toronto area. Oh, wait, isn't Vancouver out west? Yes. And Toronto is also out west. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it! Mm. Well, what? Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I don't know where. I know Vancouver is like in the far, either far west or far east. I keep forgetting. And then I know of Quebec. West. Yeah. Okay. West. We'll go with west now. And then I know Quebec is somewhere east, and Toronto is somewhere. It's it's also east, but not not quite as north. <laughs> okay. This is how I upset an entire country by not knowing where they are on a map. <laughs> I mean, I feel like as a, as a duo, like we're probably collectively terrible at geography because <laughs> this is also not a strength of mine. I'm just going to insert a geography joke, but we are going to go down a rabbit hole and I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, in bout eight, or excuse me, bout seven, the battle of the undefeated has finally been chosen. And so far, we have a copper tier champion. SoCal Swablu beats Sparktown Boomers 8-13. The Orlando Faction beats Spices Bright 15-6. Battle Boys... <laughs> excuse me. 
Battle Boys is able to start another win streak against Busta Mime, taking a 14-7 victory. Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex puts an end to Diener Don't Care's two-win winning streak, 12-9. And finally, Pioneer Valley PvP beats Utah Pokemon Rangers, 13-8. This is very depressing. <laughs> like for my, our team, our team's perspective. I also just re- realized this was my first like bout off in three cycles. <laughs> for real? Yeah. I did not know that. I'll put you on the bench more if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I was just like, I feel like I've been playing a lot. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad thing. I was I was just checking because I was like, has it really been that long? I thought you were on the bench when you fought with the Angry Bottoms. That was just our very first uh, cycle. I took the last two off. Yeah, because I remember you were you were traveling. And then in cycle two, you... And that, that was that was it. I've played the rest. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, yeah, with, with Diener, you never you never took time off. You, Donut, Jack, and Zimmy are just always, like, ready to play. I like that. Battle hungry. <laughs> Definitely. So anyway, I think it would be really we would do a disservice to the audience if we didn't talk about the battle of the undefeated and the great matchup that was the 13 to 8 between SoCal and Barktown because it looked like okay. it had it looked like it had everything it had sweeps on both sides and then a bunch of two ones i was thinking maybe battle boys bust a mime but you like battle boys bust a mime what did they have i want to see what they had just because we, yeah, we haven't really talked about either team very much, and I feel like we did SoCal last week for a lot of it. Okay, you're right. We're going to ignore the, the Battle of the Undefeateds and go into the Battle Boys Bust of My matchup. Because Battle Boys is, I believe, number three. They're third in the standings right now. Well, no, now they're number two. But they don't really get talked about a lot, so let's give them some love. So in the Battle Boys 14-7 victory... 316 Trainer X fought up against DeMarco Salazar. And Trainer X brings Azumarill, Walrein, Alola Ninetales, Kofor Grigas, Trevenant, and Dunsparce. I love Dunsparce. I love it. Into DeMarco's Diggersby, Jellicent, Shadow Charizard, Shadow Bombasnow, Metacham, and Shadow Steelix. The triple shadows look really, really good, especially with. Yeah, I just realized Trainer X does not have a counter user for Obamasnow, Jellicent, and Steelix. But they well, do. Wait, what? 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 Are you talking about Diggersby? Yeah, that's what I meant. What did I say? You said Jellison. Oh, I had my my cursor over Jellison. My bad. But yeah, looking at the lack of counter user on Trainer X's side, it is a very interesting call. And then that Medicham looks like it had a really good matchup into the Walrein and Dunsparce matchup. And that's about it. <laughs> Roll out Dunsparce for the win. Yeah, the the double fairy is is kind of tri- tricky to play into in open Great League. Like whether it's it's here or in the play Pokemon style, the Azu Azu A nine like with good support, like it's it's kind of spooky. I was about to ask, what do you mean double fairy? But then I forgot Azumarill is a fairy type. Yeah, curse you fairies! It doesn't function like a fairy type, to be quite frank. It only uses play rough. It's more of like a yeah, water. Well, type. I mean, it, it absorbs fighting damage like that. That definitely counts for something. 
that's fair. Okay, we can we can do that. But water is also just bulky, a bulky type in itself. But I like I like the I like the I was gonna say the Dunsparce, but the Dunsparce call in Rollout and Rock Slide and Drill Run because you're able to neutralize the Shadow Charizard with Rollout and Rock Slide, and then the Shadow Bombasnow with Rollout Rock Slide, and then you can still hurt Steelix with Drill Run, and then and then with Trevenant. Trevenant spamming out seed bombs for Diggersby and Jellicent and being able to land a Shadow Ball and Metacham. And if that doesn't work, you have Kofagrigus able to pick up that slack with Azumarill and Walrin finishing up with Diggersby. Yeah, I, I just want to say that I feel like the shadows here, like, generally they're scarier than this, right? Like, the, the Shadow Charizard really only has the firm matchup into Revenant and even then like you're you're gonna want to shield most of the time Shadow Obama Snow doesn't have a lantern to pick on or like some people also use it as like a Octower or a flyer counter in general but some of those are also IV dependent so it's I'm, I'm not sold on Obama Snow right now Shadow Steelix is, is cool in general but again it's it's kind of suffering from the same problem where it doesn't feel good to run Dragon Tail into Double Fairy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, isn't Chip into, like, the ghosts and even Dunsparce to a certain degree? Like, just taking advantage of the fact you're a bulky Pokemon that's trading a little bulk to do some more damage in the Shadow version? But, man, yeah, into, into double, double Fairy, it doesn't feel great. So anyway, my, my read is they had to rely a little bit more on the support Bulkymons than they had planned to based on how they built this team. That is a very good a very good thought. Also, while we're on this subject, they should make Iron Tail a Dragon Tail clone. Or, you know, at least do something unique. Like <laughs> they I, I don't I don't hate the idea of making especially the steel moves like a little bit better toward towards the how do i say this towards the clunky end of things like so they so that they aren't as immediately versatile as like a like you've been talking about metal claw shadow claw and having those be similar but i i, I appreciated the commentary that you know steel is already a defensive enough typing that maybe it needs to also be slowed down just in the in the speed of the moves so like put them more into the confusion incinerate category where they're more in the four or five turn fast moves so they aren't okay so if we make iron tail a charm clone and metal claw an incinerate clone maybe or just make them both four turns a piece <laughs> I mean, it's it's just another another potential way to look at it, right? Like, I know it's it's not something that they've talked about very much in the balance side of things, but incorporate speed that way and just acknowledge the fact that in general the faster moves have turned out to be better. <laughs> that we can we can use that to diversify moves more. That's fair. Okay. Let's move on into the Justicar slot before we go into another... What's the one I'm looking for? Into another rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get too far down. 
So we had Bentucky go up against Jerry Zangster, another Flygon enthusiast. So Bentucky brought Tentacruel, Galarian Weezing, Charizard, Escavalier, Regice, and Galarian Slowking into Charizard, Tentacruel, Raikou, I love it already, Verizian, Galvantula, and Zephyroth. Triple electric is, is quite a move. It is a choice. It unfortunately was the wrong choice. <laughs> it looks like it didn't play out well for them, but I'm wondering if you're if you're Jerry in this scenario, do you just run your triple electric? Like it seems as though that would that would be a decent way to run this matchup. The the big thing for me is if, if you're going to do something like triple electric you you also need to bring pokemon that are going to support it take it take advantage of the fact that you're scaring out uh, specifically stuff like charizard and tentacruel where it's like okay you they have the verizion but it doesn't look like it even even if you scare out <laughs> the tentacruel with charizard it still doesn't get to do very much because like obviously it can't hit galarian wheezing the galarian Slowking either and Galarian Sloking is, is still here to do work, and they bring their own, so... What about double electric into Charizard? Hear me out for a second. <laughs> so, you can use the double electric type, and if you get a poor lead, like, say, mm, Cav, and you led with a Galvantula, right? You can sack the Galvantula bring in the Charizard and have them swap into Tentacruel and then it's like, oh, surprise, here's Raikou. And now it's like, oh, what do I do? hurdy dur dur And, you know, it would be Charizard against the world, but it would necessarily be, like, a closer matchup. Just for the record, Galv into Escav is actually a good lead. Gosh darn it. Okay, fine. So like maybe maybe if we're talking about Raikou, okay, Raikou and Escat there, because I mean Raikou with Wild Charge and Shadow Ball, Shadow Ball is gonna hurt. No, it's not. I forget. Glaring Weasley is not part Psychic. Shadow Ball what? is. Because like yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still in the. I feel like Triple Electric could have could have got a win here. I think then the the. The hurdle is maybe the red eyes. I, I hear what you're saying about the Charizard. Also, um, I'm just I'm just wondering. Like, I feel like there should have been a win here, but hey, Ben Bentucky got the sweep. Yeah, it's a big deal. Jerry, I'm sorry. It's because you weren't allowed to use Flygon, so that's what we'll <laughs> chalk it up to. One Flygon, one Flygon friend to another. So in the next matchup, we had in the open slot, we had Battle Bill PVP. Going up against Jacobotamus. I got the name right, yay. <laughs> Battle Build brought Kyogre, Mega Salamance, Therian Form Landorus, Sylveon, Metagross, and Gyarados into Mamoswine, Mega Abomasnow, Lugia, Nihilego, Garchomp, and Dialga. So we already talked about the Mega Salamance versus Mega Abomasnow matchup, but I like the call of Mega Abomasnow into Kyogre and Therian Landorus. I think Mega Salamence in this case had to bring Fire Fang. Well, maybe not. Dragon Tail. Which means you would just lose the, the Mega Abomasnow matchup more. But Kyogre with that waterfall with that waterfall damage 
can do some damage against Mamoswine, Nihilego, Garchomp, if it really wanted to. If and it wanted. I like the Sylveon call, although it just has to watch out for Nihilego. And then, well, of course, there's the Metagross. It also has to watch out for the Metagross. Wait, no. Nihilego has to watch out for Metagross, Garchomp, Landorus, Kyogre. I think Nihilego was not coming out to play. Yeah, it was it was kind of in, in a rough spot if it didn't specifically find the Sylveon. Yeah, but with, you know, on the Sylveon, you could also pair it up against... You could also, like, line up Dialga against the Sylveon and just Iron Head, and you would still get some mileage if, you, if it got lined up against the Mega Salamence or anything that isn't named Metagross. I do like the Metagross in general, though, into this team. It is a very good call. I'd probably be the one to say that it was the reason why Battle Bill was able to take the 2-1 victory. Yeah, it, it just looks solid, and then like you were saying, the, the answers to some of the things are very particular. Overall, despite not having a, a fairy or... I mean, I don't I don't think of Dialga as a steel type in the sense that it doesn't have the dragon resist, because that's, that's what I'm referring to with the Mega Salamence, is that for the most part, maybe over-prepared for Mega Salamence to the detriment of some other coverage. Yeah, that's fair. Well, alrighty then. So, let's go ahead and move on into the Arcana slot, where Battle Boys took two ones on both sides. In the first slot, we had DS Smooth into King MC. I just realized it was D Smooth, but it's okay. <laughs> DS Smooth. <laughs> DS Smooth. You know, that's that's a better way to call it. That's what we're gonna call it. So DS brings Malamar, Kofagrigas, Shadow Tyranitar, Shiftry, Jumpluff, and Pelipper into Kofagrigas, Gyarados, Deoxys, Tyrant, Pelipper, and Shiftry. So I think this is the first time we've seen a triple dart in Arcana, when it's a little more common in the Catacomb field. Yeah, still still not standard, but more often there than in... Uh... Arcana. Yeah, but you know, with the with the triple dark team, it looked like each each mon had a different job. You know, because Malamar had to be the one to beat you know Kofagrigus and Shiftry with that superpower. Shadow Tyranitar. I don't really know. That's what it, that's, guess, that's what I'm that's what I'm focusing on. Is to me, all you have to do is get Defense Deoxys out of the way, and then Shadow Titar goes to town but would you use bite or smackdown oh smackdown every okay. day of the week oh yeah <laughs> okay and then shiftry can kind of be that cleanup or that yeah beam. well the the biggest the biggest issue with bite is just that the energy generation is atrocious like even smackdown isn't good but you're at least getting best of both worlds that way gotcha so yeah however however you want to bait out the deoxys like um you can yeah you can use your your shiftry or i mean it technically beats your your flyers also if it's not running psycho boost which it, i don't see a reason for it to in this particular matchup so you can even do yourself a favor and just stick to one of your flyers and and do it that way yeah that does make a lot of sense as well and then you know Mal- malamar we've talked about before where it is very good at enabling cleanup mods, so I, I like to think the the Tyrant also kind of throws a potential wrench into the Tyranitar sweep, but 
Man, it was it, it was looking pretty good here. Well, yeah, but in the case of, of Tyrant, you you could use Malamar's superpower or Shiftry's leaf blade to chip it if you really wanted to. Yeah, well, and it doesn't even like resist a foul play off of a Malamar either, so you can go you can go the non debuffing yourself route if you need to. Go the safe route. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds ridiculous when you say it like that, but. Well, I could say, go the safe route. What what are we? But I don't have a really good follow-up to that, so... Sometimes... I, I'm just, I'm so, just glad the next Arcana slot also has a Shadow T-Tart. <laughs> yeah, Jimbo Slice going up against JZU. I think that's the Z. It's getting low. Yeah. <laughs> Sun's yeah. getting low. Like how you say. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the Hulk... Yes. So Jimbo Slice brings Mew, Shadow Tyranitar, Kofagrigus, Jump Pluff, Shiftry, and Pelipper into Shiftry, Defense Deoxys, Crustle, Pelipper, Jump Pluff, and Kofagrigus. I do really enjoy when teams run kind of similar spotlight mons. And even if they're built around a little differently, like that, I don't know, that does something for me. I mean, it's, it's a really good thing. Like, Let's be real. They 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 knew what they wanted to do. They both realized, you know what? We're gonna build this team around Shadow Titar, and they went with it. What's the difference here? You have a Crustle in for Erido. Oh no, because they also are missing the Tyrant. So a couple couple swaps there. But yes, and at least in this case, if they I see two flyers up there, Shadow Tyranitar with Smackdown, like you had said, is gonna is looking really good. Well, it's, it's looking even even better because we'll opt one of the potential wrenches out for Pokemon that's weak to rock. So. We're talking about the Crustle, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so at this point, if I'm Jay, I'm looking at it like, oh, that Shadow Tyrant, Shadow Tyranitar, is definitely coming. Please... Niantic, don't bring Shadow Tyrant into the game yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I think that's way out. I don't think that's a twinkle yet. Well, I didn't think Boom Burst was going to come to more Pokemon after it came onto Noivern, but yet here we are. It's doing so well in the meta. It's making healthy changes. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think we just have a very similar setup here where Shadow Tyranitar looks great, and as long as you avoid the Deoxys... It's going to do great things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it becomes a question of how successful can you be, you know, on either end of either lining up correctly or, like, having a secondary win cone. Right. Well, alrighty then. So let's go on into the catacomb field, where the spice, unfortunately, has ended for slot number one. We had Mystic Matt going up against Jeremy Absol. Is this a... Yeah, this is a full mirror. Yeah. So both trainers bring Frostlass, Samurott, Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Galvantula, and Jumpluff. Boom. Meta matchup. Somebody played better, but only a little. Yep. And that was it. That was the fastest wrap-up we've ever seen. <laughs> Moving on to the second one. <laughs> honestly, like, honestly, with how condensed on paper Catacomb is, I, I expected there to be way more mirror setups and we're really getting closer to a three so like half of the teams are the same and then the other half 
can make or break the matchup. Yeah, I I would agree with that statement. Alrighty, so and then there's the next matchup. Just gonna throw that out completely out of the equation. So in the second catacomb slot, we had Schro Schroeder versus Dufishy. <laughs> Dufishy, I like that name. Schroeder brings Chestnut, Galvantula, Whimsicott, Frostlass, Umbreon, and Alolan Graveler into Doofishy's Galvantula, Barbarical, Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Samurott, and Ariados. And both of these teams only share Galvantula and Umbreon. Which are pretty flexible, but more often than anything, you expect the Umbreon Frostlass to kind of be the, the central pillar. I was going to say, yeah, actually, no. That was definitely going to be what I was going to say. Umbreon and Frostlass. So in this one, I like the Whimsicott call, but just Ariados is looking very angry if it's running Cross Poison, which I think in this matchup, Cross Poison and Lunge seemed really, really good because Cross Poison can still hurt the Chestnut well, as, as, as well as Lunge can, but Cross Poison can do a lot of damage to that Whimsicott. And so in this case... I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that Aridos brought Cross Poison to make it a little easier for me, because you don't really have to do a lot of he- or Aridos doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting into like the Umbreon or the Frostlass matchup or even in the Galvantula matchup because you have I had to stop myself for a second because Barbarical is part water, but you have Pokemon like Sudowoodo and Umbreon that can still hurt Galvantula. And even though Umbreon is weak to lunge, can still do a lot of damage because Galvantula is very glassy. But the double electric and a double water looks really good too. Yeah, it does It does make it likely that Ariados has, has a strong matchup just because you're, you're running double water and they're running double grass. Like, <laughs> you're very likely to see something that you hard wall. It's and not even, yeah, not even just win, but hard wall. And... I mean, the, the Galvan Umbreon matchups also aren't that bad. It's really just the, the Frostlass and the Graveler that are going to give you the most trouble as an area does. Yeah. And once again, but, I'm, I'm, a, I'm guessing with the running Cross Poison and Lunge, but I do see an argument to be made for Cross Poison and Megahorn. Just no, f- never. Don't do that. Never? Never. No, you're, you're getting... So, as, as an area does, you're gaining your, your longevity out of the lunge. Like, uh, there's, 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 no, there's no reason to make yourself actually feel how not bulky you are by, by not running <laughs> your best move. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's always just one more poison sting than cross poison. So, me, that's, that's the, the biggest argument for why you might want cross poison sometimes is just because it's your fastest move and there will be end game scenarios or even just certain shield matchups where, where you might need just like a little bit faster move. Uh, I mean, Catacomb is, is well known for matchups that are literally flipped by single fast move differences. So, uh, the lunge necessary your your other move is is the one that is oh is user's choice okay that makes a lot more sense yeah you need it all right i will take it from the resident ariados expert because i (laughs) i've never used ariados other than the the love cup in february and that was it hey well i mean you should you should still have a pretty good idea from that like 
Ariados starts to feel like a tanky Pokemon because by default are shielding anything neutral or worse until you've gotten a couple lunges in. Gotcha. Okay, so with that with that wrap-up of Copper out of the way, moving on, it's about eight. We have Barktown Boomers going against Spices Right. Battle Boys are the next pillar into SoCal Swablu SD. You know, if Battle Boys was to win, it would just make the... It would just make this crazier. We have the Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex going up against the Orlando Faction. Utah Pokemon Rangers draws Busta Mime. And finally, Diener Don't Care is looking to rebound from their loss against into Pioneer Valley PvP. Like, I'm, I'm just excited to finally play them since, you know, oh my there gosh. was that, that infamy with being completely tied while we were on the Angry Bottoms. And that question was never answered by the Sylph Arena. I mean, luckily they, they didn't really have to, but... Well, yeah, because they both ended up getting promoted, but, you know, that still does beg the question. I'll bring it up again because I'm, I'm a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm a vindictive person sometimes. But, like, what happens if a team doesn't play each other, has the same amount of wins and the same amount of points? In the round robin, it's very simple because everyone plays each other. But in open? Yeah, it doesn't exist. This is just an open tier problem, which... I feel like is is low on their priority list. <laughs> it is open open tier has has some kind of necessary problems just because of it being the catch all tier. Yeah, but okay. So in that aspect, quick look at the standings. The top tier is you know still SoCal Swablu, Battle Boys, Barktown, Winter Vortex takes the fourth spot, and Pioneer Valley takes fifth spot. Diener Don't Care is fighting to stave off relegation, being one game win ahead of the Orlando faction, but also being one game behind Pioneer Valley and Winter Vortex. So this is a must-win scenario for Diener Don't Care. And the Orlando faction also has to win to stave off relegation as well. And just before I forget, making sure everybody's in their proper places for this week, and they are. So with that being said, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Captainly duties. Got to do Captainly duties even on the podcast. A captain never sleeps. But with the that out of the way, let's go ahead and move on to bronze, because copper plus tin equal bronze. Quick side note: When I was a kid, I couldn't find bronze on the periodic table of elements until somebody pointed that until like somebody said bronze isn't an element. And then I played RuneScape, and I learned that, and I go, yep, that stayed with me forever. And here I am, still making jokes about it 20 years later. But back into bronze, bronze, yeah, bronze tier. (laughs) So last week, Stadium Elite Silver beats the Tappan Turtle Squad 12-9. Mighty Thunderducks put on a statement win against Ghost Pepper Dunspice 17-4. Sharks and Wreck beats Sea Kingpin 14-7. Battle Club Orlando loses to Ensynchronoise 16-4. What staff corrections happened here? Failure to communicate, it looks like. And then finally, Sfield Team 6 loses a heartbreaker to the Bad Mewtwo's 12-9. We're following Sharks and Wreck, right? Yeah. Okay. So That's the team. So, diving right into the great league slot we had ejcc87 go up against garchomp glory and ej brings shadow alola ninetales coffer grigas diggersby lantern chestnut and shadow charizard into galarian stunfist sableye pelipper chestnut ninetales and alolan sandslash 
Kanto Ninetales. Shadow. I said it the Shadow Alola Ninetales, didn't I? I, I just don't think you said Shadow. So oh, I was just okay. clarifying. Right, right. Okay. So not so if Garchomp Glory were to get rid of that lantern, the Pelipper would have a field day. Well, this is also Garchomp Glory's first time back in Open Great League since about one. Oh. They've been playing Catacomb. I see. Well, welcome back. It's unfortunate that you lost, but, you know, you took a point off, and at the end of the day, points are what matters. But like I said before, the Lantern is a massive problem for Garchomp Glory. Yeah. However, you know, we still have to give credit where credit is due. I do like I do like the Pelipper call because you do you wall Diggersby, you really hurt Chestnut, and you can really hurt the chat the Shadow Charizard. At the same time, with Lantern over there, you're weak to it beats Pelipper and Shadow Canto Ninetales. But at the same time you have Garchomp has Glare and Stunfist and Chestnut that can neutralize that lantern. So in this case you're kind of playing whack-a-mole on the lantern which if you put too many resources towards it ej can kind of pull the uno reverse card and just not bring the lantern and you know run rough shot on the rest of your team it is a little crazy to me that both of these teams brought chestnut though just like as their grass pokemon yeah i can kind of see where that's going you have chestnut being able to hit the galarian stunfisk it's a very underrated pokemon in my opinion this chestnut is, you know, part fighting, part grass. The If you see a flyer, you don't want to come out and play, so you want to pair it with, like, a lantern. But I kind of, I really like the play with chestnut. Well, and both teams did a good job kind of shoring up Alola Ninetales resistance, like, outside of that, because, to me, that's, that's one of the things that is usually in the grass slot, is, is like, your, your Venusaur, where that is just one of your potential answers like obviously it doesn't do well into the power snow but a given charm resist is is a valuable thing but yeah it's 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 just looking like the lantern was a pretty big issue for this team yeah that i think that's what kind of boils down to so good on ej for taking 2-1 now in the justicar slot we had wolf frogachu going up against pokey gains Wolf Rogachu also took a 2-1 victory with Shadow Charizard, Scrafty, Gengar, Galarian Slowking, Komo-O, and Raikou into Pokegains' Galarian Weezing, Galarian Slowpro, Galarian Slowking, Charizard, Tentacruel, and Cobalion. The triple poison. Slash quad poison? Uh, I spoke too soon. Quad. Quad poison. Triple Galarian quad poison. It is definitely a choice. However, Gengar. Gengar. Yeah, bit, bit of, <laughs> a bit of a problem. Um, you do a bit better switching your slows to confusion. But yeah, Gengar. Gengar has a lot of Pokemon that it can kind of ramp up against here. Gengar and Scrafty. Well, and... To me, the the Gengar energy goes a lot farther than Scrafty energy, and then that's that's the bigger problem. Is yeah, Gengar wins whatever that one matchup is, but it's also then ready loaded for the next one, and that's that's an issue. 
and I'm wondering, like, what, what's what's then the the next domino after that, right? Like, uh, once you've dedicated two Pokemon on your team just to taking out the Gengar, like, <laughs> what are you left with? That's a very good question. Because uh, yeah, so it's it's feeling like you had you almost had to run the uh, Larian Slows and Charizard just to be ready to answer the Gengar Scrafty combo. And so this this is feeling very much like the Open Great League slot where they just <laughs> they just had one Pokemon that was a little bit too much of a problem. But they, they stopped them from taking the sweep, so that's that's also good. Right, right. I like how all I said was but Gengar. <laughs> and we're like Yep. yep. So we're, I like that we we're on a very a very good one on that. I'm getting better at navigating these type or these battles. Oh, well, and, and Gengar is, is one that's that's been good, but still squishy enough that people haven't brought it every time. But this this looks like a Gengar user in general. They look to they they seem to enjoy a good Gengar. It's good for emergencies only. Yeah, uh, and just to respond, like yeah, the the Raikou also looks good. So I mean. <laughs> It's it's not it's not for lack of of good options here. Like honestly, I'm a little surprised they didn't get the sweep. That's fair, honestly. But I think if any if you go into a what looks to be a very negative matchup and you pull out one victory, that is honestly one of the best feelings in the world. Speaking from somebody that is on that has a lot of bad that gets a lot of bad matchups and somehow pulls at least one victory, I'm happy about that. So Let's go on into the Master League slot, where we had Dale Toon Army and Acorn Killer square off. I guess he doesn't like oak trees. Acorn Killer brings Mega Scizor, Palkia, Yveltal, Excadrill, Mamoswine, and Gyarados into Mega Gengar, Melmetal, Florges, Gyarados, Excadrill, and Therian Form Landorus. Do you think they kill acorns, or do they kill with acorns? Like, that's their weapon of choice. You know, both are very terrifying ideas. Oh man, I just also looked at their their win streak. I'm listening. They're they're kind of crushing it. These are from last cycle, but they've got six three O's in a row now in Master League. Are you talking about Dale Toon? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. What going back to the Acorn question? What do you think about they kill Acorns with Acorns? It's a, that's, that's a step too far for me. <laughs> okay, well, going back into this matchup. We have... Let's see. So both of them... Uh, I really like the, the Mega Gengar and the Mega Scissor leads. Both of them bring Exadrill. However, Mamoswine has the upper hand into Therian Landorus and Gyarados because of the Avalanche and slash high horsepower and still being able to hit the Exadrill for massive damage. We have both teams bringing Gyarados as well, although can't really make make out a reason for bringing Palkia and Gyarados because that's two water types. They're both they're both good into the ground types. Are they? Yeah, they they both got Aqua Tail, so pretty reliable water damage, even if you're not running water fast move. Which, I mean, obviously, Palkia can't, so it's it's just one of those. You free up your own Gyarados to be a Waterfaller if you want. I'm looking at this, and I'm a little surprised. Like, honestly, it looks like it should have been 
kind of a team effort to take on the Mega Caesar. But, I mean, based on the score, <laughs> it seems like it wasn't a problem. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's dial it back for a second. What if Acorn Killer just put too much resources into the Mega Scizor, like shields and stuff, that by the time the rest of the team took it down, it was in prime position to sweep the other to the back line? That is still very much an option. Like, I guess Floridus is still pretty good um, outside of the steals. Uh, having having that many Gengar answers though is seems like it's a tough bring this time. But then again, it's it's kind of an overwhelming presence for a reason in this meta. So yeah, as long as it's like not locked in, may, maybe it's just hit and run strats. Like <laughs> maybe you get your shadow punch in and then you don't play out the rest of the matchup like you you throw something else like and and that can be it right like you can catch some some drill runs or night slashes or whatever it is yeah i can see that (laughs) but yeah so we definitely this this 3-0 i don't think it tells the entire story no yeah this is this is one of those where i feel like this is a matchup that could be learned from if we had access to to some some games i want to see those games still (laughs) (laughs) but alrighty, so let's let's move on into the arcana slot so we had despicable going up against mx champ despicable brings pelipper runarigas honchkrow defense deoxys jumpruff and bronzong into shiftry shadow tyranitar malamar pelipper mew and ferrothorn so it really looks like we're as we get into the upper tiers, we're seeing more and more teams bring more dark types. Well, I was I was just gonna say this has just been weak for Shadow Titar, right? Mm-hmm. This particular matchup doesn't look like it was as good for Shadow Titar just because there's a few more Smackdown resists. But yeah, however, you've got three flyers on the team and a Smackdown Tyranitar. I think you put yourself in a position where you clear out those other threats, looking at the defense Deoxys and Bronzong. Well, and yeah, the the Bronzong is actually kind of tricky, right? Because no matter what fast move it's running, Tyranitar actually resists it. So it's it's one of those, yeah, it resists the Smackdown, but and I mean that's that's true for Runerigus also, right? Like it can throw the Sand Tombs and chunk that way but the the bronzong has to go up to bulldoze which what yeah, about heavy uh, slam isn't that cheaper than bulldoze yeah well it would be a better option you're, you're right on that one the but point being it's it's not like a oh yeah that definitely wins so so maybe it is it is better than i thought just initially still okay and yeah if you're if you're just getting rid of defense deoxys again like i mean Mew is Mew is your can do anything Pokemon and double double charge looking pretty good here with the wild flame charge. Surf also not terrible this time. I think I would put there's only the one grass type. I mean you're also doing a lot of damage with Shadow Claw, so I don't really see a need for flame charge in this instance. But I've been wrong before, so It's just one of those moves that does double duty, right? Like you are threatening super effective into jump Luff and bronzong like on top of the shadow claw damage but then also buffing instead of 
being forced to debuff yourself like if wild charge is your only neutral move into those mons yeah i see that well already then so let's go ahead and move on into the next arcana slot we had l gambino dragon versus lands i swear i've gotten this name wrong right before but it's okay so lane latens brings tyrant runerigus venusaur kofagrigus crustle and jump bluff into gambino dragons kofagrigus shadow agron tyrant mew superior and jump bluff so we're seeing the re- a return to form a little bit with kofagrigus and jump bluff and tyrant obviously however the rest of the team superior into the runerigus is a good call as well as the mew at this point like mew had to be running surf for the crustal and the runerigus and i would i think what you were saying is like instead of surf and wild charge maybe surf and flame charge for like the venusaur and jump bluff matchups yeah it doesn't really have a wild charge target like obviously it'll still do better into like a covert regus but um you could also go full send with like the overheat which is just a couple more shadow claws what about blizzard <laughs> that's that's a lot more energy okay fine ice beam it could work i mean it's it's perfective into four of the mons all right then we will say that mew is running ice beam and surf yeah, I mean, at this point, it just depends how many charge TMs you got, how much how much patience, how lucky you feel. <laughs> or how much elite T- Don't forget the elite TMs. You can be like, how many elite TMs do you want to use in the cycle? <laughs> or if you actually have two usable Mews for Great League, like, I find that that would be an ideal scenario, right? Because then you can have a couple that have more common sets, but, you know, not identical between the two of them. That's true. Otherwise, this is this is just looking like a little bit of a different take on a similar idea, right? You just have the Shadow Agron in that Shadow Titar slot and lots of either tanky or flexible support around it, right? Like Tyrant is good for a KO into most things. And then like like we were talking about with Mew, like the moveset can kind of lend itself to taking on anything that's not specifically Kofagrigus <laughs> and then the the other three are just tanky enough that you can absorb some of that energy if you get into a weird spot yeah correct me if I'm wrong but Agron has more attack than Shadow Shadow Agron has more attack than Shadow Tyranitar right I would guess not <laughs> uh, but yeah we can we can check it out because uh, Titar is so attack weighted gotcha yeah no it's Agron has has much more defense. Okay. Just on default attack, Agron has one sixteen and Tyrantar has one thirty. Oh well, yeah, never mind then. And Agron has over one hundred fifty defense, and Tyrantar is around one ten. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Oh hey, there's a Galarian Yamask outside my place. Neat. I I have not seen one of those wild spawns before i lied it was a zorua <laughs> oh I, am... I can i can i can learn you my fun fact about zorua that i needed to see a few times before i realized that it was happening because i i thought it was weird but didn't really put it together at first that however you catch 
the Pokemon that it's copying is the weather version that shows up. So, like, right now, there's, like, a decent amount of Togedemaru wild spawns, and I've been walking one. And so I'm just like, oh, man, is this Azurua or is this Azurua? And then because I caught it weather boosted, that's the tell, is that the Zerua will disguise itself as a weather boosted Togedemaru, even if it's not weather appropriate. And that goes for anything else also. Oh, neat. Yeah, I mean, obviously it helps too, like, if you have the Pokemon you're walking best buddied, because then it'll be a wild Pokemon with a best buddy ribbon, and that's <laughs> obvious, but, or, or Shadow, for that, for that matter, but yeah, the, the weather boost was, was kind of a fun way to suss it out ahead of time. That's fair, okay. <laughs> but anyway, segue time <laughs> over. Yeah, and then it was Catacomb. <laughs> Alright, so we had Kevin J. Carrera versus Z's Wireless. Kevin brings Umbreon, Frostlass, Chestnut, Sudowoodo, Vespaquin, and Samurai into Z's Wireless's Beedrill, Pangoro, Sableye, Whimsicott, Chestnut, and Samurai. There's a lot to be discussed here, and I don't know what that Whimsicott was running, but maybe if we build this team out a little bit, we're able to see. The, the double fighter the pangoro chestnut has a perfect core with frostlass and so it's it's a little interesting that they don't have that in their line uh vespiquin is one that i have wanted to see work and it's just it's just a little too weak to too many of the most common picks but in general i think that i think the double fighter is really strong because you can't ignore it <laughs> it's it's just a little too good when they when it when it shows up and so you you have to dedicate resources to it and you're stuck in this spot like like i said if they also have a frost last that there there isn't one thing that can beat all three and they have a boy in as their ghost which doesn't quite do the same thing but does at least give you coverage into the opponent's frostless. Gotcha. I think that Whimsicott very well could have been the reason why Zwilus won because if it has charm for like the hard hitting move or the fairy wind for you know like getting off Moonblast you could neutralize the Umbreon and opposing Chestnut meanwhile your other Chestnut has a lot of fun with Sudowoodo and Samurott, and then that can leave like your Sableye to clean up the Frostlass and Vespaquin, or even the Pen... I don't know what moves Pangoro has. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Well, and... while you do that, I can I can fill in that the... <gasps> Rockslide! The Kevin, the Kevin team was, until this past bout, the same every week, and... Uh, Vespiquin was there to be another grass counter, whereas before there was a Barbarical in that slot, and so they were on paper pretty grass weak. And so, like, I, I like that, like, in context, as far as okay, yeah, that's that's a really good answer to something that your your team has been weak to for the entire cycle, and. Just the fact that they got away with bringing <laughs> Vespiquin into a team that was like essentially quad weak to it, like that's 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 pretty 
fantastic timing to pull that switch. And Zwilas hadn't played Catacomb at all, so big read. <laughs> good on, good on that. I love it. Yeah. So uh, actually, I'm a little surprised that Kevin didn't run away with this just because of how good Spikun was looking, and have been that they weren't expecting the Pangoro Rock Slide. Um, Sableye also isn't terrible into it. Like if you you can run a a power gem version like this is maybe the time to do it because that gives you secondary rock coverage that's that's not being expected um waterfall samurai might also be the call from from Zwilis, uh, to add a little bit more pressure into the vespaquin because otherwise the fury cutters obviously do nothing double resisted yeah well i'm sure that zizwilis definitely had a couple of tricks up their sleeve yeah, I, I mean, point being that <laughs> the build-wise, I, I would I would have expected this to go the way of uh, Kevin, but I think this this can also still be viewed as as, as further proof that the the double fighter is is very imposing. Fair. Well, alrighty then. So before we get too much caught up, let's go ahead and wrap up the very last very last slot in Catacomb. We had Vithu versus Jay Johnson. So Vithu brings Umbreon, Frostlass, Chestnut, Sudowoodo, Drapion, and Samurott into Jay Johnson's Samurott, Jumpluff, Barbarical, Beedrill, Umbreon, and Alolan Muck. Now Jay Johnson yeah. got the sweep. Yeah, and did it without Frostlass. Like, to me, it's crazy that both players on Sharks and Wreck ran Catacomb without Frostlass this week and bind went 5-1 like well I think that mainly because the the Sharks and Rec players know how to counter a Frostlass because if I remember correctly these two players specifically have been in Frostlass centric metas the last couple of cycles I mean like like I was saying Zwilus has been playing Arcana at least this cycle which oh shoot that's right Never mind. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, like if you've if you've played self, like you know your way around a frostlass, no doubt. But point being, it's, it's super reliable here, and and just that they went off in in bout seven, and we're just like, nah, no frostlass this time. And we're gonna win and show you, <laughs> show you why. Yeah, we'll we'll show you how it's done. Yeah, well, especially with Jay Johnson bringing having two dark types on the other side making it hard for V3 to bring out that Frostlass, not to mention Barbarical with the Stone Edge, or Threatening Stone Edge. It kind of leaves you... Of course, Jay well, it's, it's, it's kind of an even split, and that's just the story of Frostlass for Catacomb, is you're in the worst-case scenario on team builds, like, you're still going to be effective against half of the Mons. Like, the the Jumple of Beedrill are pretty hard wins, and then Samurott in the one shield is is weird where Frostlass comes out ahead again mostly because of uh, Fury Cutter resist I see okay okay dude then so then I mean I like Beedrill too because of the poison typing that Drapion has and you know Drill Run go burr and then Poison Jab hits Chestnut for is it super effective or is it neutral I forget this one Poison does not is not resisted by fighting 
<laughs> you were you were so sure <laughs> until until you weren't. Yeah, I, I like I like Beedrill here. It's it's uh it's threatening, especially like again the that the Samurai Fury Cutter kind of bites it in the butt where the the damage is negligible even into something squishy like a Beedrill. That's true. And so good on Jay Johnson for the sweep. I really like it. If you yeah, can give me some and, pointers. And I, I like your I like your pick of just kind of comboing up the barbarical beedrill, where together they they do well into the team. Alright. So that looks like it is our final wrap-up in bronze tier. For bout eight, we have Stadium Elite Silver going taking on Ghost Pepper Dunspice. Sea Kingpin draws the Tap and Turtle Squad. Battle Club Orlando takes on the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Field Team 6 takes on Sharks and Wreck, and Bad Mewtwo's draws and Synchronoids. So in this standing, four teams get promoted, four teams get demoted, I think. Are you talking about in this tier? Yeah. I don't think there's any fours outside of Iron, are there? No, there's one more. Um, I'm looking. No, I don't want to go to Cycle to Masquerade. <laughs> According to the infographic, that we will use time and time again. Bronze tier has three promoted and three demoted. The other, it looks like it's just iron. Neat. It might have it might have been more involved before, but oh wait, there's a four demote from platinum. So, huh? Okay. Interesting. But we'll see what honestly with the amount of teams to get disbanded and formed. Who knows what will happen? All I know is that right now, there is a fight for survival between Sphil Team 6 and Tap and Turtle Squad. Which are, are not two of the teams that I would have guessed be on the block. But also, at the, begin- <laughs> at the beginning of the cycle, Tap and Turtle Squad also wasn't looking like they were going to have a team. So <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. So they put something together, and they're, they're fighting. They're, they're scrappy. They're scrappy little turtles, so we got to watch out for them. But anyway, so this is a good, a good, what's we're looking for? A good wrap up and preview. I'm, I'm very excited. A little disappointed that you know our team is under 500 again, but I'm not too worried. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still proud of our showing. And I mean, worst case scenario, okay, well, we, we play around in copper again, and, and we're definitely one of the top teams. Oh, 100. percent I, I'll probably, you know, put a bold prediction out there that says the top four teams in copper can beat at least 60% of the teams in bronze. And, you know, three of the, two of the teams get a chance to prove it, and yeah. one team is going to go all the way up to silver So when this is over. Well, and it's it's a shame we don't cover silver because it would be it would be fun to, to see how the two Swablu teams do if they end up both in silver. <laughs> The, lo- the winner the winner gets to be promoted from quote unquote C team to B team. Well, and, and maybe they maybe they're just proving that or the the order of things is is uh, not quite accurate. <laughs> That's fair. You know, I had to make at least one academy joke in for the the Sw- SoCal Empire that's going on over there. It's deliberate. <laughs> but anyway, it is unfortunately time for us to sign off. And with all of that being said. We wish everybody the best of luck. I know that, you know, this cycle probably hasn't been the best for y'all, 
but you know, there's two weeks left. Anything can happen on any given bout. I'm excited. And always remember to keep your dragon fangs sharp. Ice types are extremely scary. Stay away from them. Don't even look in their direction as we learn the hard way. And with all of that being said, we will see you all in our next episode. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of spice shows up in our, in our last few weeks here. <laughs>